Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong, are forgiven. You were dead. He breathed into your lungs the breath of eternal life and He resurrected you. It is by grace. Now, now, right now, you confess and believe. God said you were saved. Pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of May Hill Baptist in May Hill, New Mexico, and the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors. And I am Kyle Bierman, pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, director of Replanter Development for the North American Mission Board, uh, wearer of bow ties, and drinker of black coffee. Uh, no, no, you are not. I saw the picture, and that is a clip-on, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself. It's, okay, it's not like a clip-on, clip-on. Like, it has a strap oh, that goes around the neck, and then, uh, it, I don't then care. it, yes, then it clips. So, listen, I have no shame. Um, you should. I, I should get a bow tie that I, like, learn how to tie. It's but easy. in the meantime, both, both bow ties that I have are those clip-on types, though. Like, so, yeah, literally. Like, I, I, have, never... I have one that's kind of Christmassy, and then I have that, the one that I wore Sunday. Paul says not to be ashamed of the gospel, but I am most definitely ashamed of Kyle Beerman. Just being, you you being on my friend list, that, that I, I mean, it makes me want to like unfollow everything. That is the you, worst. You don't have a clip-on bow tie? I thought no. that was a standard thing for, wow, all right. Why I'll, would have, that, to have, I'll, I'll have, have to have you teach me how to tie a bow tie then. Yeah, like I have a to man. go buy a real one. <laughs> yeah, go get a real, I'll, I'll bring you some. Because I've got a bunch that I didn't really wear because okay. I had the beard that would block it. Oh yeah, that's the right. The beard is gone. I can rock them, but I have yeah. it. And, okay. Uh, but yeah, I can. I, I can totally teach you how to do that. And well, uh, I've got that fancy Western belt. That I'm going to give you, and then you can give me uh, a bow tie, and we'll call it even. I don't know that that's even because I've always <laughs> known how to wear a belt. <laughs> but you know uh, what? What's up? Uh, Southwestern taught me a lot of things, but they didn't teach me how to tie a bow tie. Oh, However, there you go. It is the place to be if you want to learn from the practitioners of ministry and evangelism and theology. You cannot beat the faculty that they have. And we encourage you to check out swibbits.edu after the show. You like that, baby? That that was an interesting segue for that. <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so speaking of Southwestern, I'm back. From yes. Southwestern, you had Dusty on the show. I did uh, last week because I was in Fort Worth uh, for the hardest week of my entire life, uh, and and we can talk about it briefly. But yeah. every time that I go, apparently, right before class, um, everything goes to pot back home. You know, last yeah. time it was the wreck. This time, Rebecca's father passed away, and uh, so that made it pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great week on campus. Uh, I learned from our a uh, friend, Kenneth Priest, Dr. Priest, he got onto me for calling him doctor though, but uh, <laughs> Dr. Kenneth Priest in the class, he was my professor, and we had a great time talking about church revitalization, and the way that he set it up is each of the students had one of the days that they taught uh, the class. We facilitated uh, either evangelism and church revitalization or disciple-making and or discipleship and church revitalization leadership, and then I got tasked with church revitalization. And my mm -hmm. only complaint when, when I fill out the uh, faculty uh, review, my only complaint is that he did not pick the greatest book ever written 
for church replanting and revitalization, yeah. replanting rural churches. Yeah. I mean, there's all these books like, you know, Reclaimed Church and uh, that that one little book by Clifton, I can't even remember what it's called, something, <laughs> you know, some of that kind of stuff. I was like, man, what is this? No, I'm just kidding. Now, now share with our listeners the reason why it was not included in your in your class. Because it's like 10 pages long. Yeah, because it's too short. <laughs> because, it's a, because it's a doctor level class. They're like, we can't give them a pamphlet. Can't, and, uh, can't give them a 70 page but, book to read. <laughs> but I did. I did give each give each of the students a copy of it. Oh, and, nice. nice. And so. And you used it, and you talk. used the material from that in your in the day that you led class. I did, if I'm not mistaken, I led the class. Uh, so you can say because specifically, I used one of the chapters that you wrote. All you right, can say that your material yes has been used in a doctor level program. That's right. At yes, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Something that That's I don't fantastic. think you're going to be able to say about the dissertation work that you did with. Uh, Rockbridge. Rockbridge. Yeah. Hey, who, you never know. <laughs> who, who knows who's going to find that and 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 reference it. Um, Actually, believe it or not, I'm in the process of updating that um, on a, I guess you'd say, more popular level, and I'm going to work to either either self-publish that or, or get that published. So I'm yeah, working to write a second book. So, well, I, yes, it's not going to be popular, but it'll be written on a popular level. <laughs> I hope on the cover photo you have like a clip-on tie. I mean, it doesn't even will, matter. I'll make sure. I'll make, I'll that make like sure. Your logo, your author logo. A, a clip-on tie. Your picture, yeah. <laughs> you wearing that stupid tie. In your author bio. Uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, it was a crazy week yeah. because right yeah. before we were going, uh, one of our dearest church members passed away. And so while mm. I'm gone, every couple of hours I'm calling and checking in or texting or whatever to to plan a funeral uh, for right when I got back, quite literally right when I got back. Yeah. And uh, and that funeral was, uh, was great. Um, mm. God was glorified. Her life was honored. This was a lady that even two weeks before she passed, she'd shared the gospel. And uh, she was like a thousand years old, uh, but amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and I think like 91, 93, something like that. But a uh, wonderful, wonderful lady and sweetest member of our church and just really left a legacy of faith. So it was really easy to make much of Jesus when you yeah. are celebrating a life that lived to make much of Jesus. And so that, that kind of gets us up to today because that was yesterday. And uh, so from eight to like six, I did not stop. I think the only time I sat down was when I was waiting to preach uh, and when I was playing the piano for one of our hymns, because uh, as you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. I'm a sole staff member. So I was a videographer. I was a That's counselor. It. I was a funeral yep. director. I was a pastor. I was a preacher. I was a worship leader. Uh, I was the errand boy. It was everything. And so nonstop from beginning to end, the only time, only time I sat down was to play the piano and uh, to wait to preach. And then when I drove to Avis, New Mexico, which if you thought Mayhill was in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> we went just past the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't even know that like elk have found this place. <laughs> like it's just out there. And uh, so we did that. And you know what, Kyle, while, while I was there at Avis and when I was at the church, I got to preach both times and I used the authorized C.S. B, that's a we, better segue. I'll, I'll allow that one. Better, that's yeah. good. CSBible.com after the show because I got to preach an accurate and readable uh, sermon uh, scripture for my folks. And, uh, and so it was great. We had over 200 people uh, in worship with us there. 
uh, for the uh, the funeral, and then a little bit over a hundred at the graveside, which was wow. really unreal. I've never really seen that before, and uh, and so our sanctuary was standing room only because I think we can seat maybe comfortably about 160 or so, and uh, so we had overflow parking and, and everything. So it was really neat wow. to uh, to see her celebrated like that. But more than that, celebrating her Savior, and yeah. uh, so uh, it was it was great. And, uh, and it was one of those that it was certainly the, the truest form of the word bittersweet, because obviously mm -hmm. it was bitter. There's mourning, there's sorrow, there's all of that. Uh, but there was so much sweetness. And our church really came alongside of them and uh, encouraged them, loved on them. And, uh, and it was a great time. And uh, that's a slight segue into what we're talking about today, yeah. celebrating wins, because yeah. I, I have been proclaiming the greatness of my church through email and social media the last couple of days because they did anything and everything they needed to do yesterday yep. to make it work. We had people all over the place finding chairs, bringing them in. Uh, members would stand up so that the family members were able to sit down uh, because, you know, we were out of room. Yep. Uh, we had people that, you know, took off from work just to come and run sound or or help us with all of these different things. And uh, so our church really showed up um, on, uh, on Monday and uh, made that family feel special. And so that's something worth celebrating. And, uh, but that's a little somewhat of a downer. I mean, it's, it's a funeral. We celebrate, obviously, the hope. She's in heaven, heaven right. and all that kind of stuff. But it's still kind of a downer. It's, yeah. it's a low thing. What we're talking about today, of course, is celebrating wins, which is necessary because if you've been in ministry long enough, you know that the uh, temperature in the church is either going to be too hot or too cold, often on the exact same Sunday. Uh, you're going to preach too long or too short on the same Sunday. Yep. I mean, you name it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of criticism that sometimes comes with pastoring in a church. Uh, and sometimes we can let ourselves get bogged down in those things. And, uh, and you recently wrote an article for Lifeway Pastors on Facts and Trends about yeah. celebrating some of those wins is something to kind of keep us going. Uh, because if all we think about are those trivial things, the criticisms, all that kind of stuff, we'll be done uh, in a year or two. Mm -hmm. We need to look at the different ways God is moving in our church. And you actually give us four. Uh, yeah. Certainly the list would be longer, but these are four simple things that you can celebrate to kind of keep you going in the ministry. And so why don't you uh, share with us the first one? Yeah, so, so the first one is uh, maybe pretty obvious, uh, but that is to celebrate baptisms. Um, so in, in the work that I've done, and, and you'll realize this as well, uh, the work that you've done there in Mayhill, uh, and, and replanting, revitalizing these churches that we serve, as well as interacting with other churches that are in a revitalization or a replanting process or, or in need of, of entering into those. Um, a lot of times, churches that need to be replanted, um, have not baptized many people over the yeah. last several years, right? And, and in some cases, um, it really has been years since the baptismal waters have, have been stirred. Um, my favorite story is one that uh, I think it's Tom Rainer tells, uh, where they had gone into a church um, to, to do some consulting, and um, the, the baptistry had been turned into a koi pond because it had been so long since anybody had been baptized there, they just decided, Hey, uh, you know, it's kind of depressing to have this thing empty. So let's just, uh, let's put some fish in there. <laughs> yeah. At least that way it, it does not depress us when we look at it. Um, I don't know. I'd be okay with baptizing in a koi pond. That'd in a be, koi pond. Yeah. 
<laughs> baptize you in the name of the Father, and then a bunch of fish fly out. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be memorable for sure. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, I mean, so baptisms, um, they're they're an act of uh, a public declaration of faith in Christ, right? But but that means that that someone has turned from death and, and trusted in Christ Jesus, that, that their sins have been forgiven. And so, man, as, as a church, let's celebrate that. And so, you know, whether you baptized three people last year or 30, uh, each one of those is, is cause for celebrating uh, because it means that, that those represent a life that has, been, um, that has been saved by Christ Jesus. Or in some cases, as, as maybe you've encountered as well, man, as I've gotten to know people, like sometimes you encounter folks that have been attending your church for a long time and have never, uh, so they, they, they would say they've been uh, believers for a while, but they've never taken that first step of baptism. And so, man, yeah. celebrate those as well, because that's, that's someone um, having their eyes open to a step of obedience and following Christ that they've never taken before. And, and, and on, this, on the same blog a couple of days ago, I wrote about uh, a few ways to make your baptisms more memorable mm-hmm. and uh, helpful. And, uh, and, and so that kind of ties in with it, because it's uh it's it's easy to kind of maybe get out of the practice so you're kind of wondering and you forget some of the ways to to make it a special moment in a way to celebrate and uh, some of the things that we do uh is we have other people tasked with videoing it so that that family can can watch it be a part of it Mm -hmm. Uh, we have people helping them in the baptistry so that they're able to watch it you know that's always one of those things that uh i i just noticed kind of after the fact when i first started baptizing folks as a pastor is you have mom or, or dad on, on either side of the baptistry getting their child or, or whatever ready and dressed and all that kind of stuff. And, and so they like see if, if they even get up there in time, uh, they, they just see half of it and they don't get to see kind of what's going on and, and up front. So we, we tell them where to sit, where they can see really well. Uh, and uh, and we, we try to take all of the guesswork out of it yeah. and let our people kind of serve them through that so that they can get a front row seat at their son or daughter or, or wife or, or husband or whoever it is being baptized. And, and I love what you guys do uh, as, as it's so small and so simple, uh, but a great idea about the small cards yeah. uh, that you pass out to your candidates. And uh, they fill out the date when they're going to be baptized. And they use that as a way to invite family uh, and friends and so forth to see them. And, and what's neat is that gives them even before they're baptized uh, a, a, a chance in some way to, to kind of, uh, keep keep that evangelism stuff going and, yeah. and getting into practice of talking to somebody else because you know if they walk up to somebody that's never heard of a baptism be like hey I'm going to be baptized this Sunday they might say well what's that yeah. and then they get the chance to kind of walk through that um, we know others that do the baptism Sundays where they kind of uh, add up a few baptisms so there's a number of them all at once and, and which is great uh, and then they have the potluck which yep. I mean that's that's like the fourth person of the Trinity right there. And, uh, you know, pass out Bibles to those uh, that are baptized. There's all sorts of things uh, that we can do, uh, but we should make a big deal about yeah. it because kind of like the crying babies in a church as a sign of life, uh, obviously the baptisms are a sign of life and we should right. celebrate those things. Yeah, uh, that's right. num- number two uh, is celebrating births. And that's not just so we can baptize babies because right. we don't do that. <laughs> we follow the Bible. Uh, but uh, most dying or declining churches uh, generally don't have a lot of ladies that are pregnant or recently had kids or about to have kids or, or even young couples at all. And so when you do have one, uh, man, make a, 
big, big deal about it. And I think we talked about that before. What you should do as a pastor is as soon as that baby is born, go there and visit them. Like that's what they love, right? Come on, man. I was just talking about how how you're going to see him right away you weren't even listening to me <laughs> so like what i talked said about this before yes well so uh, then you lost power okay yeah, so for our listeners at so that I'm point chewing, I, i'm chewing I, you out and, <laughs> and then you're gone i'm like what is going on i don't have power anymore yeah so, if if i breathe too hard up here the power goes out so welcome to the middle of nowhere so, so what i was explaining matt when you so rudely lost power and, and left is yes as pastor you should check in with with folks that have new babies but as we've talked about in a previous episode, they, they might not want you at the hospital like within hours of a no, birth. Right away, within <laughs> minutes, baby. Go right away. Schedule, so, schedule that baby dedication. That, right that, that, is where, um, that is where you want to shepherd your people and know them well. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, um, like, they, like I said, they don't want um, additional visitors. And, uh, and so I always give, you know, in, in those instances, I always give our folks permission. Um, hey, if it's all right, I would like to come see you. If not, tell me. And that, that's perfectly fine. And we'll wait. And then we'll, we'll usually take a meal. Or we, we've organized some meals for uh, newborn parents. Um, I mean, if it was up to yeah. me, I would say, I would say, no, I don't want you to come and see me because you'd probably be wearing that stupid bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, like, especially this time of year, when uh, the cold and flu is going around, um, that's really the last thing a newborn needs. Yeah, even right, better. So. so so go, if you have a cold, this is what we're suggesting. If you have a cold, go right away. The moment they're born, <laughs> get in your car and go and uh, and bless bless them uh, with your presence. Uh, no, don't do anything. <sighs> don't do that. Uh, know no. your people, know <laughs> when to go, all of that. And right. celebrate that because that's one of the things that's going to breathe some new life in that church. Obviously, right. got kids, but all you know, the baby dedication and what we call them family dedications, uh, where we are coming alongside as a church, right. hey, we're going to help you guys uh, raise this child. And and those are those are big Sundays. Uh, so we had a Sunday this past summer where I think we had eleven babies that we dedicated, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, there were there were a number of, of babies. And that was a big deal. I mean, it was awesome just to see them all lined up there in front of the sanctuary. And, and again, so, you, you know, I made sure we didn't make it like a, like a Baptist version of a baby baptism, right? So, I mean, well, it would, if you were wearing your bow tie, <laughs> I, I guarantee that was summer. Like so I guarantee, I, I think we did okay. that on Father's Day. So I guarantee okay. I was not wearing a bow tie then. We had a little New Testaments so that we gave to each of the families that, that had been imprinted with the baby's names. And then we just had a time of prayer for them. And it was a chance of, of celebration for our church uh, because it, it, we've had a few babies born, but that was really this first wave of like in the course of six months, we had like six or seven babies born. So it, yeah. was, it was a big deal. Um, and I would say a step beyond that. And so there was a video that's gone viral this last week of a pastor uh, calling out a parent for having a noisy uh, child in, in service. Um, and so I would say beyond celebrating births, celebrate kids um you know listen kids in the service are going to make things noisy deal with it as pastor deal with it right i mean that's and 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 i remind our people all the time like if we have a sunday where we don't have kids church and the kids will be in there i'll always point that out at the beginning of the service and i'll say and we are excited to have the kids with us um and 
and when I know, you know, if, there, if there's a Sunday and I know there's, a, there's several babies in or whatever, I'll always make it a point and just say, hey, um, you know, th- th- there are babies in here. It could be a little noisy and that's okay. Um, yep. If you need to get out, this is, this is how, you, how to do it. This is where you go. But we're not going to be upset over fussy babies. Um, yep. As I had a, a 19-year-old Air Force guy pass on a bit of wisdom to me several years ago that his dad uh, had, had passed on to him. And that was this, if you ain't crying, you're dying. And yep. I've, I've used that multiple times. Um, yep. That cries of, of children and newborns are signs of life. And uh, so, so celebrate them. Those are not nuisances to deal with. Those are things to be celebrated. Yeah. Hey, uh, another thing to celebrate is service. Yes. Uh, we, we do something at our church. Actually, I added this to, uh, to your article um, when, when I was editing it. Uh, but uh, at, at our church, every fifth Sunday, we do the Lord's Supper. And that day, we also recognize a volunteer of the quarter. Mm. During that recognition, I, I give them a gift and, and share how God has used them in seen and unseen ways. And, and I tend to err on the side of unseen. I look for those that are serving week in and week out in yeah. ways that nobody knows and, uh, and, and highlight that because we, we kind of get to be the rock stars, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people think everything, you know, rises and falls on, on us. Uh, but if we're honest, we know. Uh, that it's the the people that do all of the the work behind the scenes, and sometimes that's us too. Uh, but those those doing a lot of the stuff that uh, that help make what happens on Sunday possible. And uh, so, you know, you've got people in your church that have probably been a greeter for thirty years, uh, or you know, doing the sound or or whatever it might be. Uh, take some time to to celebrate them. And uh, you had a few more uh, ideas um, there, I think. Yeah, well, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the fact that, that we get to be the rock stars and up front and, and a lot of people serve behind the scenes. And the, the times when that's really become apparent to me are the times when somebody's not there. You know, yeah. when, I get, when I get a text saying, hey, I'm not going to be there. Um, and if it's late enough, you know, like, I mean, I get, I get to the church early anyway. So making coffee, um, unlocking doors isn't a big deal um, until, until I'm having to remember to do it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, like, I'm so grateful that somebody comes in and does this every Sunday morning. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you want to, you want to celebrate people that have served. Now in in a replant, um, as we've talked before, one of the differences in in replanting versus church planting is that in replanting, you don't pick your core team, you inherit them. Right. And um, so that means often that, you have people who have stepped into serving roles, um, whether they have really the gifting for that or not, uh, whether they're the, the, the best person to be in that role or not, but they're there and they're serving. And in many cases, they've done that for years because particularly in, the, in instances of church splits, there was such a vacuum of leadership that left that people stood up, stepped up and filled those roles and they've been doing so for a long time. So listen, I, I don't care how effective you think they are, man, when somebody gets ready to step out of one of those roles, celebrate them, celebrate the sacrifice that, um, that, that they've made for that. And, and even I would say, don't wait until then you, you can yeah. celebrate people serving in roles while they're still doing it. And, and what that does is it, it shows the things that you value, right? We're going to celebrate the, the things that we value. And as we point out uh, that we value service, it, it, it doesn't do us any good just to say, oh, we, we value service. We want you to serve. No, we're going we're gonna to celebrate that service 
as well. Yeah. We're going to give you examples of what that looks like to do it well, right? And, and look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if, if that volunteer um, is one of your cheerleaders or is one of your harshest critics. Um, you, you want to celebrate what they've done serving the Lord by serving his local church. Yeah, and that, that doves right into celebrating God's faithfulness right. because often we see his faithfulness in, in the fact that these people don't drop the ball and yeah. uh, in, in various ways. And so uh, there's, there's even the darkest days of the church's decline, the things that the church had gone through. God was still faithful. There was still that remnant and uh, God was still working in and, and through them. And as long as there's people there, uh, he, he hasn't abandoned that, that church. And uh, like, like you say in the article, if a remnant remains in the church, it's because the Lord isn't done. Right. And, uh, and so there's still work to, uh, to do. Share with us about that. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I serve a church that really over the span of five years or so, um, before, before we got here, uh, there were a lot of times that the church probably, certainly from a human standpoint, should have closed their doors. Um, and yet they didn't. Um, there, there were multiple reasons why they could have closed the doors, multiple situations that could have forced that, and, and yet it didn't. Um, the Lord remained faithful, and there was a remnant that, that stuck around um, and that, that really trudged through those darkest days. And and by the time I got here, things had, the decline, I think, it stopped. Um, so th there are a lot of things that, that happened in those days that, that I still, I mean, I'll still hear stories about how bad things got. And I'm just amazed that, that these people hung on to this, to this church. Yep. And, and so as, as you begin to see things turn around, we want to celebrate God's faithfulness because that reminds the folks that have, that have been there for years, that, that those dark days, th those days when they didn't want to be in the church, those days when they didn't think it, it could be saved, that those have value because of the Lord's faithfulness. And yeah. so I mentioned a, a video earlier. Uh, there's another article floating around on the interwebs about um, a church revitalization um, where uh, the older members, I guess the, the church is closing and then they're going to reopen in, in a few weeks. And the older members are being invited to not come back. Yeah. Um, Amen. No, I'm in, just kidding. Just <laughs> in, in, order to, in order to reach young families, um, the, the older members, and, and I believe the article said that there's not a, um, it's, they're, they're not going to be walled off. Um, but I think the, the language was the expectation is that they won't come back for yeah. a period of two years. Um, I don't want us to link to that because I really don't want to drive any more attention to that story than what it's already generating other than to simply say um, that is not how we view church revitalization and replanting. Um, one of one of Mark Clifton's pillars is that you love the remaining members. You love these people who have poured their heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears and lives into this local church uh, to keep it going. And, yep. and as we honor that, we celebrate the Lord's faithfulness yeah. in their lives. Um, because listen, like I said, you, you, you don't get to pick your core team. You, those are selected for you when you say, hey, yes, this is the ministry I'm called to and replanting. And yet if we trust the sovereignty of God, we trust that he has the people there to begin that process, right? Yeah. And so, so much, so much of church revitalization is awakening the people in the pews to recognize that the Lord is faithful that the gospel is good news.
and, yep. and it's good news when you're running five and it's good, good news when you're running 500 and it's good news when you're running 5,000 and everywhere in between. Yep. The gospel is good news and the Lord is faithful where, as, as Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there among them, right? That's, yep. that's all we need. And uh, yeah, so I, th- I, think, I, I think that's probably the most important and that's probably the thing that we do the least when we get into church revitalization, because there's so much that we need to focus on that sometimes I think we just need to pause and be like, man, let's just look at what the Lord's done here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and stop along the way too, to, you know, to take stock, to take markers of, of where the Lord has brought you. Um, and, and to, I think the thing that helps us as pastors, when we see successes to, to keep from getting arrogant and to keep from getting that big head is to remember um, where we were when we started and, yeah. and how the Lord's growing. I mean, I, I can speak for that myself, how the Lord's growing me personally through this process as well. Yep. And, uh, and so as Kyle said, we celebrate things that are valuable yep. to us. And, uh, and then the flip side of that is what's celebrated often gets replicated. And uh, so if you don't celebrate your, uh, baptisms or, or whatever, don't make a big deal out of them. Don't be surprised if you don't see them. Uh, if uh, you don't celebrate kids in your service and ask them to leave uh, and, and call the mom sweetie, uh, don't be surprised if she climbs on stage and clotheslines you. That's what <laughs> now, uh, that would be a video uh, worth seeing. Yes. Yeah, would be, and, uh, and his, we would repost that one. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we need to remember those things. And so we encourage you to celebrate the wins in your ministry. Uh, friends, this has been another episode of not another Baptist podcast. Um, you know, still kind of odd to me that we call it that, uh, but <laughs> here we are. Uh, maybe we can change it to the the once bearded and the bowtied. Uh, <laughs> but uh, until next time, and until we come up with a better name, uh, visit notanotherbaptistpodcast.com uh, or follow us on Facebook under that same name or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. And uh, until then, and until next Friday, uh, what, what should they do, Kyle? Well, until then, um, their gospel should be as bold as the coffee. Hold on. That, man, I totally messed all oh that up. My until goodness. next time. May your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. I've only done man. this 118 times. And man, I, I, still... I wish our power went out right there. <laughs> Have a great day.